Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. I want to get you ready for a new series that we're going to jump into every year, actually a couple times of year. Uh, We take 21 days um, at the beginning of the year in January and 21 days here in August, and we take time together as a church family to press into the area of prayer. It doesn't mean that we don't pray all the other days of the year. It just means that we take some time together as a church community to really dig into and grow our prayer life, to focus some prayer for us as a church community around some specific topics, um, to gather together in some different spaces of prayer, and just allow the Holy Spirit to do some work in us in this space of prayer. And so we take two times a year to do that. And I want to just help you out as we begin. Our 21 days starts today, and our prayer topics will start tomorrow. Every one of you should have around you one of these little pieces of paper right here. And on them, it gives you kind of the prayer topics that we're going to be going into over these next 21 days. And really what we're doing over these 21 days, we're taking declarations out of the Word of God, and we're praying into them for our families, for our communities, for ourselves personally as we're growing. And so I want to encourage you to take this with you. You can also find this on our app. It's on the website, and I don't know if there's any, uh, it's in the email that comes out to you every week. Um, It's out in the lobby if you need it as well. Um, We want you to join with us each day, each morning, get up, and we're going to take some time and pray through each one of these areas. And it just allows us an opportunity to invite God to do something deeper and richer in us in the place of prayer. And so I want to invite you to come be a part of that. There's also some special prayer times that we're going to have together. Um, Not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, I believe it is on here. The 19th, we're going to be doing a prayer walk kind of thing over our city. And we're going to kind of go gather up by Table Rock to where we can look out over our city. And we're going to gather in the morning and pray together. I know some of you are like, I don't know about hiking. It's okay. There's some places that we can park and stand up there, just be together. For those of you that are all gung-ho about hiking and taking the trail, um, we're going to gather together. And we're going to spend some time just praying over our city. And then the following Saturday, which is, I believe it's on here. Am I looking at it this right? The 26th, yes, we'll be gathering here at the church. Did I get that right? Oh, this Saturday's the hike? You're right, it is. My bad. This Saturday's the hike. Then the following Saturday, we'll be gathering here at the church, and then we're going to be walking through our neighborhood that surrounds this church and praying over all the homes and families and the people that surround it. How many of you think that's, that's an important thing to be doing for us? And so we're going to be digging into this season of prayer, and we just want to invite you to come and be a part of that. If, if I were to describe probably the one area in my years of pastoring and walking with people in community, that is probably the area under the greatest amount of warfare it would be prayer. The thing that people wrestle with the most and struggle with the most and contend with the most is having consistent prayer lives and, and, and wondering, does God really even answer our prayers? And and, and, and so here's what I want to help you do. Over these next three weeks, we're going we're to be preaching a little bit on prayer. We're going to be talking about bold prayers, what those look like, and how we approach the throne of God, and why it's important. But today I want to help you, because um, I believe that God has something He wants to speak to you. And I actually want to kind of start doing this a little bit more as I begin our times of preaching. Is I want you to ask yourself, and then point that towards God. God, what do you want me to know today? 
As you come and gather together in these moments of sitting in the Word and learning together and growing together, I want you to begin to ask yourself, because there's something that God wants to teach us every time we get into His Word. There's something He wants to speak to us every time we'll give time to Him in prayer. There's something God wants to do in our life constantly because He's a wonderful Father. And He's got important things that He's wanting to do in and through our lives. So I want you to just posture your heart this morning. God, what do you want me to know today? What are you wanting to speak to me through your word and through just this time as we spend a few moments together here as we uh, just dig into God's word? God, what is it you want me to know? And I'm going to pray over us here right now as we begin to kind of lean into this moment together. And I'm just going to pray that our hearts would be open to hear and our, what God might want to speak to us today. So, Father, we thank you for this time together. And God, as we sit in just the beauty of community and fellowship together, Lord, we ask that you would show us what we need to see today. God, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, God. Lord, that you would help us to understand more clearly, God, your word to us. And that, Lord, from that, it would lead us into places of freedom and life. And so, God, I'm just so thankful, Lord, that we get to gather like this. May your word be alive in us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Zimmel and I were talking, um, just we were down in Cobb, we were just talking about the series coming up and just talking about prayer, kind of these spaces, and she was doing a little searching on her phone. She found this amazing quote that I want to share with you this morning, just about prayer and the partnership that we're invited into with God. And this quote actually comes from a man named Watchman Nee. Um, some of you might be familiar with him, but he is a, uh, was, uh, was a pastor and leader in China uh, many, many years ago um, and was a man that was pretty intense about his faith. And um, he wrote many, many books mainly because he spent a lot of time in prison. And uh, so he had time to be able to write some of these books. Sounds like another guy I know, know named Paul. Anybody ever heard of him? That's why we have half the New Testament that we have. And Watchman Nee uh, kind of put this statement out there about prayer, and I, I think it was just a, such a beautiful picture for us as we get ready to walk into this season of prayer for us, and maybe it will enlighten you a little bit about why God's Word invites us into this place so much. And Here's what he says, once a servant of the Lord said, said this well, prayer is the railroad tracks of God's work. What tracks are to a train, prayer is to God's will. A locomotive does, not have, does have great power and ability. It is able to run thousands of miles in a single day. But if there is no track, the locomotive will not be able to move, not even one inch. It can go everywhere except for where no tracks have been laid by man. This is the relationship between prayer and God's work. Indeed, God is almighty. No one can oppose His work. However, if you and I do not work together with Him in prayer and preparation and making the way for His will through our prayers by, by means of all kinds of prayers, allowing Him the possibility to move in many different directions, He will not work and even cannot work. God's will, He wants to work out through us and delights in doing Many, many things. I want you to listen to this part. It says, There is no other work more important than this. With God, there are many possibilities, but if we do not open the way with Him, all will become impossible. Therefore, our prayers 
in one accord with God should increase more than ever. Let us pray thoroughly. Let us pray on all sides so that God's will reaches all directions. No doubt our activities among men are important, but before God, working together with Him by prayer is even more important. The, to pray does not mean that we're trying to change the mind of heaven. It is the greatest mistake to think that God is hard and stubborn and that we must use prayer to battle with Him until He yields to us and changes what He has predetermined. Actually, any prayer that is not according to God's will is useless. Love this final space. Prayer is a partnership with the Almighty God and His desires to be worked out in the world that we live in today. Isn't that beautiful? It's the invitation, and here's what I think a lot of us, and I know I have in my life, we lose sight of the fact that God has invited us into a partnership with Him for His will to be exerted in the world. How many of you know that God's will is the best? His way is the best, but He's chosen to partner with us, the body of Christ, His kids, to see His will brought about in the spheres that you and I each have influence in. This is why Paul over and over again instructs us and invites us to pray because our prayers are laying the tracks for God to show up in people's lives. Your prayers and my prayers are what are laying the tracks for the will of God to be implemented in our community, in your family, in the people that are surrounding you. And you may only be laying two feet of track today with prayer or 200 miles of track. But what we know is that Paul emphasizes this to us over and over and over in the New Testament. Ephesians 6, 18. Uh, Rod actually preached on this last week. I just want to bring it back to us as a reminder. Ephesians 6, 18 says this. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. There is a lot of emphatic statements there. Alls and everywheres are all over that little passage. Why? Because Paul is trying to help us to understand exactly what Watchman Nee was telling us. Your prayers are important. Your prayers are making the way for God to move. And when I say your prayer today might be two feet, that would be a prayer that we get to, we get to see the answer to God immediately. And sometimes it feels like it's 2,000 miles long, our prayer, right? We're praying over years, sometimes even over generations for the will of God. But here's what we know. Our prayers are powerful. 1 Timothy 2.1 says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Everybody say all. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. This is the invitation. These are two verses out of about 200 to 300 verses that I found in the New Testament that is inviting you and I into partnership with God when it comes into the space of prayer. James tells us that our prayers are powerful and effective. Are you guys with me this morning? Come on, I'm drawing you into this place. I need you to understand that your prayers are not just for going to bed at night and hoping for a good day the next day. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about connecting with the heart of God and the truth and the reality that God, through our prayers, is implementing His will in the world that we're in today. So this place of prayer, there's no, no wonder that there's so much contention around it in your life and mine. 
No wonder we wrestle with it constantly like, oh, I just don't know if I can get up this morning and spend time with God, or I don't know if I should pray in this moment for this sick person. Why is there so much contention around it? Because if you don't pray, the will of God doesn't come into that moment. Some of you are like, I don't know if I like this theology. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Our partnership with God in prayer is what enables the will of God to be brought about in the earth today. I think we're seeing so much of the pain and hurt and struggle that we see in our world today because the church isn't praying very much anymore. There was a time and place where prayer was the centerpiece of of gathering together in the church, being the body of Christ, and people in their individual lives. And now today, we see that prayer is one of the biggest struggles when it comes to people actually growing in their faith and relationship with God. Church, I just want to call you forward in this space of prayer. Why? Because your prayers are important. They're making a difference in the lives of the people that are around you. They're making a difference in the community that we live in. I want to give you an example of this, and this is just an easy example, a very tangible one for us as a church family, because every year we send missions teams overseas to go and be involved in the Great Commission. We love it. It's a huge part of who we are as a church. But the most important thing that we do in preparation for those trips is not buying airline tickets or raising money or finding out what projects we're going to do. The very most important thing that we do as a team happens the very first day that we gather together. And it's we begin to pray for that outreach. We begin to pray for the people that we don't even know yet that we're about ready to meet. And we spend about nine months in prayer and preparation for what God's going to do oftentimes in a six to 12 day time span. And we're sowing prayer into those moments so that when we get there, the railroad tracks are already laid for the will of God to come into people's lives. And I'm just going to tell you right now, we've been doing this for a lot of years. And every year, the intentionality that we put into prayer, we get to see the physical manifestation of that when we get into those moments. We get to see God open doors and relationships with people in countries and places that would have never happened without prayer preparing the way for the will of God to be in that. We have protection in our physical bodies and travel and all those. Come on, are you guys with me this morning? Most of you guys have been recipients of this. That's because we've laid the tracks to those places in prayer and it's allowed the will of God to be able to come and arrive as the people of God come to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, many of you have experienced this in your life in lots and lots and lots of different ways. Maybe you're praying for jobs or your family members or kids or spouses or all those types of things. And sometimes those prayers happen in a moment. We see the answer to them in a moment. And sometimes we don't even get to see the answer of them in our generation. But this is what we're called to, is to be a people that are laying the groundwork, putting the tracks out there for the will of God to be able to be imparted into. How many of you know the nation that we live in today was not birthed because people wanted to leave another country? It was birthed because they were praying and asking God, God, how can we worship you freely? What does that look like? And God opened the door for our nation to be formed. There's, well, I'm just going to say it this way. You are sitting here today. Because there was somebody that was praying for you at some point in time in history. Might have been a mom, might have been a grandma, grandpa, friend, I don't know, brother or sister. But you are here today because somebody was praying that you would have an encounter with Jesus. Some of you are maybe here today and this is your first time being in church for a while or maybe ever. Can I just tell you you're here today because people have been praying for you. You don't even know their names probably. Every week we're praying for the people that God would gather together at this church that we would gather together in community, but also that he would bring people that are searching for him and looking for him. Prayer is laying the groundwork. It's putting the tracks out in front for the will of God to encounter us in our lives. Church, 
we need it. Amen? I want to draw you into this place. And so I want to take you into Scripture today, and I want to show you some examples of of where prayer really begins and where bold prayers begin. Because we don't want to just be praying... Um, we don't want to just be praying casual prayers before God. And here's the reason why. Because we have a great God who does great things. So if we're praying tentative prayers before Him, here's what we don't understand, how great He is. And we don't understand that God actually wants to do extraordinary things in your life and in my life and in our family and our communities. And He's looking for people to partner with who will believe by faith and pray until it happens. He's looking for that in our hearts and lives. Here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking through persistent prayer. Pastor Zach's going to be talking a little bit about what does it mean to be persistent in the place of prayer. And, and here's what God's looking for. He's looking for some partnership. But how many of you know that, that, that this place of bold prayer often begins in very humble spots? Very humble spots. In fact, bold prayer oftentimes begins with an honest need. An honest need. Sometimes even a place of desperation in us. I find the best praying that I do is in the places of desperation, right? When we're crying out to God, we look throughout Scripture and we see that all throughout Scripture. But I want to I take you into a passage of Scripture here today that's going to unlock this for a, a little bit for us and then set the foundation for how we pursue bold prayer when it comes to God. I want to ask you a question. What happens when we're in the middle of something that is not fun or awesome? Believing God that He is capable can be challenging in those situations. Because oftentimes we're not seeing the manifestations of what we believe God should be doing in the moment that we want Him to be doing it. Anybody ever been there? Oh, just me. Okay. All right. Scripture gives us a beautiful picture. I mean a beautiful picture of what it looks like to be in these moments, these moments of need, these moments of desperation, and to see what, how prayer connects with that space. I want you to look with me and turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 9. And I'm not going to read the, the whole space. Mark chapter 9, we're going to be in verse 21 here. Let me give you just a little back, background context here. Disciples are out doing ministry. They're walking through these little towns, praying for people, all these types of things. And they, they encounter this man whose son has had all kinds of problems throughout his life. And they're having a conversation with Jesus. And they kind of bring him to Jesus in this moment because they, they haven't figured out how to break through on this one. And so Jesus asks a very simple question to the father in this moment. He says, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into a fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. And Jesus says, speaks right to the space of this man's heart. What do you mean? If I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I love this moment. I love this moment. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I want you to think about these moments in our lives where you're wrestling through maybe a circumstance that's happening around you. Maybe a thing you don't have an answer for. It, it just seems so big compared to you and your prayer. And that's exactly what Jesus is speaking to in this moment. 
Jesus is inviting this father and the disciples are in a, let's call this a teachable moment for them. And they're wrestling through this moment because the disciples weren't getting it done and helping this boy be delivered. So they brought him to Jesus. Jesus has a conversation with the father and the father is desperate. He's like, my boy has been dealing with this his entire life. I brought him to your disciples. I guarantee you they've taken him to the priests and all of the things, and nothing is working in this space. And Jesus is inviting him into this relational space of connection with him, and this father's wrestling. It's not that the father doesn't want to believe that his son can be delivered. He just hasn't seen it manifested yet. And so he's wrestling with some doubt. Anybody ever been there? He's wrestling with some confusion. God, how can you let this happen to my son? He's wrestling with the questions that all of us have wrestled with in many different spaces of our life. And Jesus just speaks to the the heart of this man, and he invites him into this place of belief, of faith, of trust in him. And as Jesus invites him into this place, and Jesus ministers to this young man, this young man's delivered in the moment. And I love I love the honest declaration out of both the heart of the Father and the disciples as, they trans- as this whole thing transpires in this moment. In verse 28 and 29, it says, After this, when Jesus was alone with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out this evil spirit? And Jesus replied, He gave him the key here. This kind can be cast out only by what? Prayer. The ironic space here, or the beauty, I guess, of this space is that Jesus was not teaching them about deliverance. He wasn't teaching them about the power of God at work. He was teaching them about relationship with the Father. And he was saying, listen, what you're experiencing in this moment only comes through the place of devotion, of connection, of relationship with the Father. And he invites him into this place of wonder. And I, I love that the, these spiritual giants that we look at in the Bible, these disciples, the ones that Jesus hand selected to come be with him, they ask the question, why are our prayers not working? Anybody ever ask that question? I have more times than I can probably count. Or why are my prayers not working? Why, why is this not getting done? All of their wondering led to this simple space of acknowledgement and need, not questioning God's ability, but trying to understand inside of them what they don't understand yet. And it led to a very beautiful moment, I want you to hear this, that happened just a few chapters later in Luke chapter 11. I'm not going to steal it all because Zach's going to jump into this a little bit next week, but I want you to listen to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. This is the aftermath of this moment. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, what was Jesus doing? Okay, yeah, that wasn't a trick question. It was just pretty straightforward. Jesus is praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. In this moment that these disciples were wrestling, seeing the power of God move through Jesus' life, and 
Jesus telling them, hey, this, this kind only, this, this thing that you're experiencing right here is only going to happen through prayer. Now the disciples are thinking and, and remembering all that they've watched in Jesus' life. They've been hanging out with him for some time now. That wasn't Jesus' first miracle. They've been watching him do all these things, and they're trying to figure out, how does he do that? How does he do that? How does he heal the sick? How does, he, how does he turn water into wine? How is he doing these things? And, and as they've watched him over this time frame and listened to him, give them some teaching, Jesus said, hey, some of this, this interaction with the demonic realm, the only way that you're going to find victory over it is through prayer. And they're like, okay, prayer, yeah, that's a good thing. And then they come to the point of saying, wait, 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 wait. There's a common denominator in all of this. And they didn't come to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, we need you to teach us how to heal people. Didn't come to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us how to prophesy. Teach us how to lead worship. Teach us how to be the best in our business. Teach. That's not what they asked him. After all of this time of watching Jesus' life, what was the question the disciples asked? Lord, you need to teach us how to pray. Because they found and discovered the source of all of the things that Jesus was doing was Jesus being aligned with the will of the Father, and that was happening through all these spaces of prayer. Verse 1 tells us that once Jesus was in a certain place praying, He was modeling to His disciples what it looks like to stay in connection with the Father and in all honesty to lay the tracks for the will of the Father to come into each one of these circumstances. I just want to speak this over your life. I want to declare this over you. Your prayers are powerful. And as we learn to pray, and as we grow in our prayers, as we understand a little bit more of their effectiveness, as we learn how to come before God and seek out His will, what we begin to see is the power of God being released through our prayers. We oftentimes question, how come that person's prayers are answered and not my prayers? Maybe it's because there's a little bit more track that needs to be laid in your life or in somebody else's life in preparation for the will of God to arrive in them. Notice the disciples, and I mentioned this earlier, they weren't questioning the ability of God. The disciples weren't like, well, what's wrong with God, Jesus, that He wouldn't answer our prayers and heal this kid? That's not what they were doing. They were recognizing that there was something that Jesus had that they didn't. There was something that they needed to learn in preparation for what Jesus was inviting them into that He had that they didn't have, and the common denominator was prayer. It was the way Jesus connected with the Father through prayer. Is the way that Jesus aligned Himself, and we see this written throughout Scripture, that Jesus didn't do anything other than what? The things that the Father told Him to do. That's being aligned with the will of God. I hear this, and I can feel the thought in the room a little bit today. Well, Tim, prayer doesn't fix everything. I would agree with you. Only prayers of faith aligned with God's will fixes everything. Only us aligning our heart with God. What, what is it that you want to do in this situation? You are God. I am not. You have perspectives. I do not have God. But God, what do you want to do in this moment? And then praying into that space. That's the invitation of God to us. It's not easy. But this is how Jesus led his disciples. And, and here's what I also want to point out. 
What a wise question for the disciples to ask Jesus. Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? They showed up in that moment not with pride or arrogance or any of those things. They just recognized there was something that he had that they needed. And it was his prayer life. It was the way that he pursued the heart of the Father. And it was the way that he prepared for these moments through this. Bold prayers originate from hearts that say, Lord, teach me how to pray. Bold prayers, the prayers of faith, the things that we talk about a lot, man, we want to see the dead raised, we want to see the sick healed, we want to see families transformed, we want to see all of those things take place. And can I just tell you that God wants those things to take place as well. But what He's looking for is some people who will pray and seek His face and intercede with Him and who've laid the groundwork for some tracks to be laid for His will to arrive on. And here's what I want to remind us, that God's will sometimes is different than ours. Tim, how does that work? I don't know. I'm not God. I'm just being honest with you. I don't know why some prayers and some moments and some circumstances that they work out in different ways than what I have in my expectations. But here's what I do know, that, that God is faithful and He's just and He's merciful. That is the very nature of who He is. If that's not who God is, then He's not God and we shouldn't be here today. But He is. And so when it comes to the space of prayer and our partnership with God, God's inviting us into these places so that we can lean on the sufficiency of God not on our skill or ability. Listen, prayer is not about being skillful. Prayer is about being postured in the right way before God. Prayer is not about eloquent words. Prayer is not about speaking the right language. Prayer is not about any of those types of things. Prayer is about coming before God and saying, God, what is your will that you want to bring to this circumstance and this situation? And God, I want to I pray into that. I want to I create the space for you to come and move in these moments. Learning to pray is like learning anything else. It requires much practice and diligence to lay a hold of it. This is why Scripture teaches us over and over again to pray on every circumstance and every type of situation and, and for all kinds of things in life, right? Why? Because it's the practice of prayer. It's the, it's the learning how to hear and discern God's voice and His will and His desire in those moments. But like all good things in our life, much like our marriages and parenting and being an employee and your career path, all of those things don't transpire and generally don't turn out well without a little practice, without a little work, without a little learning and education and growth. And can I just tell you, prayer is the same thing in our lives. Prayer is one of those things that we learn in and we grow in. And as we learn and we grow, we see an empowerment in it. We have to have a, a heart like the disciples that said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. This is part of my new, new rhythms and routines in my prayer life, is to not go before God to tell Him all the things that I need, but to go before God and say, God, what do you want me to pray about today? Teach me to pray, Lord. Teach me to understand your will and your heart. God, I'm not, trying to hear, I'm not here trying to impose my will upon you, God. Your will is way better than my will. Is it wrong to express our desires and hearts to God? No, not in any way, shape, or form. But we, we must learn how to submit those to His wisdom and His way. So that's why I'm opening up my prayers now. Lord God, what, teach me to pray. Show me what this looks like today. 
What are some things you want me to learn? I had a really cool experience a few weeks ago. I was invited to, to go down and do chapel with the Boise State football team. And just had a wonderful time of just getting to be with their kind of community and um, with their coaching staff. And we just spent some time talking just around this prayer, this space of prayer, but really of, of learning how to just trust God in the things that He's doing in our life. And as we sat with the team, um, it was really kind of interesting. It was with the coaching staff first, and then the team came in. As the team came in, I, was, I, was, I didn't know what to expect, to be totally honest with you. Listen, these are college football players. And probably the last thing on their mind, for the most part, is coming and sitting through a chapel. Anybody with me on that space? And so as we sat with them, I was actually super surprised. They walked in, sat down, pulled out their bags, got a notebook and a pen. I was like, people in my church don't even do this. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not putting any shame on you, but I'm just saying, like these young men came with an attitude and a desire to learn. And I thought, man, that is a beautiful picture of what it means to come and have an open and receptive heart to God. What, what might you want to speak to me today? These are 19 to 23-year-old college athletes who have a lot going on in their life. And they came into that moment, and the first thing they did was broke out a notebook and a pen to write down something that they were going to learn. I pray to God they wrote something. But here's what I want to ask you. Are we coming with that kind of heart to the presence of God? When it comes to the area of prayer, I'm going to challenge you a little bit this morning. When you show up on Sunday morning or to a Bible study or to some time in community with other people, do we come with a heart attitude that says, God, you have something that I need to learn today. God, would you teach me? Teach me. If 19-year-old football players at Boise State can come into a 20-minute chapel with a heart to learn, how much more should we, as followers of Jesus, come into moments where we have opportunities to learn from God's Word and say, God, what do you want to teach me today? What do you want to teach me today? I believe that God has some tremendous things that He, he wants for us. And here's the reality for most of us. It's not that we can't pray. Oftentimes, it's just that we don't pray. And if it's that word, we don't pray, sometimes it's, it's just in the, the space of we just don't know how to pray. Can I just encourage you this morning that you don't have to stay in that spot? No different than an athlete that's joining a football team. If he doesn't know a drill or a skill, what's he going to do? He's going to ask the coach, coach, teach me how to do this thing. That's exactly what the disciples did with Jesus. They weren't saying, oh, our prayers are the problem. That's not what they were saying. And They weren't saying, God, you're the problem. You don't have the ability. You don't have the capacity. What they, the disciples were saying is there's something more that we need to learn that we don't know presently. Can I just encourage you in your prayer life? The things that you're believing God for in your life and family and community and all the things that he might want to do in and through your life, the railroad tracks that he's trying to lay for you or, or help you to understand His will that He wants to, to, to do maybe in your school community or maybe with your neighbors or maybe with a family member or all these spaces. Church, can you hear me this morning? And maybe God's just inviting you into that place of laying some tracks out so that the will of God can come to that moment. And maybe there's just some skill and some things that you need to learn in those spaces. I am so grateful that in my life I have been surrounded by people who know how to pray. As a little boy growing up in this church many, 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 many years ago, 
I was surrounded by people who knew how to pray. We'd have prayer meetings back here in, in what used to be called the prayer room, and we'd go back there, and man, people would gather together, and they would just begin to seek the face of God. They knew how to pray. Pastor Bob and Louise knew how to pray. One of the very foundational things that they poured and invested into this church and into this community was the ability to go before God in prayer and to learn how to seek His face together. I've been surrounded by that throughout my life, having other men and women of God who have, who have been around my life and taught me how to pray and encouraged me to pray. At a very young age, when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I'd go away to camps and I'd learn some things from God in those spaces and I would come back here and the first thing and the only thing that I knew how to do was to pray. So I would show up here at church early and Pastor Bob and the, the crew, they, they, they'd be kind of milling around doing their thing and I, I didn't know anything else to do other than pray. And so I'd come early to church and pray, and guess what? I didn't see anything change in the moment necessarily. But God was changing things on the inside of me through that journey process. As I've gotten older and gotten to spend time with more men and women of God, the key that I have found to men and women of God who are not successful, because I think successful is the wrong word for this, but are accomplishing the will of God through their life, who are living out the purposes of God with their life, is there are men and women who know how to pray. And here's what I also want to help you with this morning. The enemy will come after that space of your life more than any other space. He will try to get you discouraged, disgruntled with God, all kinds of different things so you won't spend time with him in prayer. Why? Because the enemy's not stupid either. He knows that the will of God is brought into the earth today in your family, in your own life, in your community, through the way that you seek God in prayer. Church, we need to, we need to grab a hold of this space. And remind you of just a simple passage of Scripture, and it's not going to be up on the screen here. I'm just going to declare it over you. Jesus said this about the church, that my church will be called a what? House of prayer. Not a house of music. Not a house of performance. Not a house of elegance. Not a house of healing. None of those things. All of those things are byproducts of the presence of God in prayer. And so, church, as we think about ourselves, as you think about your life, Here's what I want to invite you into, is growing this space of your life in prayer. And here's the cool part. When the disciples looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He didn't say, good luck. Figure that out on your own. He didn't. In fact, he gave them a very poignant and clear rhythm and pattern to prayer. Why? Because Jesus wanted them to be able to have the tools in their hands to bring the will of God to what God wanted to do in the earth today. And so I just want to read this for you because this blueprint is very simple. Zach's going to unpack the last half of this next week. I just want to remind you this morning of how Jesus taught the disciples to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and Luke 11 are the same accounts of what Jesus... I'm going to read it out of Luke 11 today because it's kind of the um, concise version, Okay. But I just want you to hear this, I, and most of you could recite this as we go, but here, here's the difference between reciting and doing. Reciting means that we have it here. Doing means that we have it here. And as you think about your prayer life, and as you think about this 21 days of prayer that's ahead, and as we begin to make some declarations, we pray over our city, I'm praying that you're praying over your family. Maybe some of you need prayer rekindled in your heart this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit is very capable of doing that in us. Amen? Because your prayers are important. 
Here's what Jesus said. They asked, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, okay, here you go. He said this, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. In other words, God, may your name be lifted up and exalted, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus said the first thing that you do when you come into prayer is be reminded of how great your God is. Not how difficult your circumstances are, not how discouraged you feel or all those types of things. Jesus said the very first thing that you do when you come into the place of prayer is get your eyes up and fix them on the greatness of your God. Come on now. Then he goes on to say, and may your kingdom come soon. Matthew chapter 6, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does God's will get accomplished in the earth today? Through your prayer. Through your prayer. That's how we're beginning this space, right? Father, you're great. Lord, may your will come and be done. And then it leads us into the place of the need that's going on in our life. God gives us today the food that we need, our daily bread, forgives us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and do not let us yield, be uh, submitted to temptation, yield to temptation, right? So Jesus gives this beautiful blueprint. I, I can see some of your faces right now. I've heard this before. Okay, I've heard this before. I know you have. This is not a matter of whether we've heard it before or not heard it before. The question is, is what is God speaking to you today about this? How does my prayer life represent the will of God being brought into the world today? Am I engaging in the spaces that God's invited me to, you to, in the places of prayer? Are we as a church community saying, God, what are the things that you want us praying into? This is why we take 21 days, because it's like a reset for our hearts to be able to go, God, we want to align with your will. God, we know that you have some things that you want to do in the Treasure Valley. God, we know we have some things that you want to do in our kids' school. God, we know that there's some things that you want to do in the hearts and lives of the people that surround us in our community. God, there's some things that you want to do in and through our lives, and we want to partner with you in that space. And the Lord says, absolutely, let's do this. Here's how you pray. And I love it because what we see is the disciples not walking out of this moment in perfection, but we see the disciples walking out of this moment with an opportunity to lean into the teaching and instruction of Jesus. And I just want to tell you today, you sit in that same place. No different than the disciples of old. Jesus said, here's how you pray. And he's inviting you into this place of partnership with him to see the will of God both performed in your life and through your life. So what do we have? We have this reality that bold prayers are birthed out of this place, oftentimes of desperate need. And desperate need leads us to the places of understanding that the way that the will of God is accomplished in our lives and in the lives of the people around us is through our prayer, not just through all of our actions. How do we pray? Exactly how Jesus instructed us to pray. God, you be glorified. Your name is exalted. Your kingdom come and your will be done right here and now. And now, God, fulfill these needs of our life, our daily component. Do you see the beauty and the simplicity of this? See, oftentimes we make prayer way more complicated than it needs to be. We feel like we've got to say the right words to God to get Him to do what we want Him to do. Can I just help you with your prayer life? 
If you'll come before God the way that Jesus instructed us to, then your heart will be aligned with the things that He's wanting to do. And here's the beauty of it. Those things that He wants to do in your life and through your life will be better than any desire that you currently have. That's the way that God works. So here's what I want to invite us to as a church family as we get ready to commit to this season of prayer. And again, I'm just inviting you into this moment. I know there's some of you that are like, there's no way I'm doing that. I just want to invite you into this moment to come and join us in a season of prayer as a church family as we seek God together and see what God might do in this. I want to commit to having a heart that says, Lord, teach me how to pray. If you don't take anything else away from today, I pray that you'll take that heart with you. God, teach me how to pray. Show me what this looks like. Align my heart with your will and your way for both my life and my family and my city and my nation and the world that we live in. I mean, even there's, there's much to pray about in the world that we're in today. I know, I know that most of you have been seeing the news, what's gone, gone on in Maui and just the incredible devastation that's taking place. Those people need our covering in prayer. God wants to move in that situation. There, there needs to be a church that will rise up and pray into that, right? There's things that are going on around each one of our families and communities and there's one thing I want to final, just as we finish up today, invite you into. As a church community, in our church app, we have, a, we have a group that you can join for prayer. And if I'm being honest, it's probably one of the most beautiful spaces that we have as a church community. Because when needs come up in people's lives, we throw it into this, this space, and, and you, can, you can do that. Everybody can interact out of that space. And then immediately, you get whatever amount of people that are in there seeing that, reading that, and praying over you and your family or maybe a friend, circumstances that, that you've heard that, that came up. Um, we often have a, a, a friend here, David, um, who drives around. He does Uber stuff, and, and oftentimes he's connecting with people while he's driving, and he just gets a prayer need, and he'll throw it into that group, and there'll just be 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 people praying over that moment. And I want to invite you into that space. As being a part of this ch- church community, to, to, to sign up for that group. It's not hard to do. You just go into the app. You can look for under groups and you'll see a prayer group in there and there's nothing super special about it. You just click on it. But it gives us an opportunity as a church family to be praying for one another, to be praying for needs. I can't tell you how many times over this past year, both my family and other people in this community have thrown some things in there. And we just know instantly we have people praying for us. That's a powerful gift that we have to one another. Thankful for that technology. I want to invite you as we get into these 21 days of prayer to just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want, what do you want me to know about this time? What do you want to do in me? And Lord, would you teach me how to pray? Can we agree to that together as a church community as we step forward in this time? I want to pray over this morning because I really believe there's, there's a lot of us that live in condemnation about prayer. I'm not a good prayer. I don't know how to pray. Uh, can I just encourage you a couple things? Number one, Jesus made it accessible to us all. And the other thing is get around some people who know how to pray. Don't be intimidated by it. Don't, the disciples weren't. They hung out with Jesus and they learned from him and they were learning from each other. I just want to encourage you, get into spaces and places of prayer. Practice, learn, grow. Like let the Spirit of God teach you what it means to pray. Get around some people that know how to pray. And I promise you that your life will be richer from it. Let me pray over you today. Father, we thank you for the simplicity of your word, but God, we also thank you for the power of your word. Lord, as we Got to look today, God, at some really beautiful stories of, and, and uh, practical examples, God, of what it means to seek you in prayer. God, we want to be a church that not only prays, but prays bold prayers of faith, God, before you. Lord, we want to be a people that align ourselves with the truth of your word, God, 
and respond to it, God, in powerful and real ways. And Lord, I would just venture to say that there's every one of us in this room have some space to grow in the place of prayer. And so, Lord, today I just pray over every heart and every life. First of all, if there's any condemnation, Lord, that the enemy would want to bring in this one, I break the power of that in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just thank you that we are your sons and your daughters. And Lord, you've invited us into relationship with you through this beautiful medium of prayer. And so, God, would you teach us how to pray? Or would you set a fire in our hearts, God, and a passion for the place of prayer, God? That's not a special gift for certain people, God. That is something that you desire each one of our hearts to pray. And so, God, would you come and do whatever you need to do in us to teach us and equip us in that place of prayer? And then, God, would you send us on mission, God, to pray bold prayers for your kingdom to be Lord, in our lives, in our families, in our community, and in our nation, God, Lord, we want to be those that you tap the shoulder of, God, to, to pray into certain circumstances to see your will accomplished. And so, God, we pray, Lord, let us model this in our homes. Let us live it out in our daily lives and in our church community together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.